0: Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy and the host of the show. And today, November 25th, is actually my birthday. I am recording this ahead of time, but I'm already excited for this to release on my birthday. And if you're in America, it's Black Friday. I am curious if other countries do this and call it Black Friday as well. But basically, Thursday, every third, what is it? Third Thursday? No, fourth Thursday. I should know this. Every fourth Thursday of November is Thanksgiving in America. So we take that day to celebrate count our blessings. Then the day after, Mark's like, okay, it's time to go shopping for the holidays. And so stores do a bunch of shopping specials. I'm actually not doing any for my company. I'm curious if you're doing some for yours. It's a great way to get sales. So I do recommend it if you're interested. I'm just not interested in doing it myself. We'll see. Maybe down the road I will. But yes, today is my birthday and I have an episode topic for you. That came about because one of my listeners, I reached out and well, I've asked if you're interested in something, let me know. And so do like DM me or send an email. Let me know if there's a topic that you want covered. And she reached out and said, I would love for you to share how to become a fabric designer. So I actually put some questions out on Instagram and asked my followers, what do you want to know about becoming a fabric designer? And I got a lot of questions from a lot of you. So, I'm going to go through those questions today and answer them with the caveat that this is from my experience. It is not the same with every company. In fact, it'll look pretty different depending on which company you work for, but I'll share all the things that I do know and with all the questions that I've gotten. And before we go any further, if you are loving the Craft to Career podcast, it would mean so much to me and for the longevity of the podcast if you could leave a review for the podcast, it's actually not possible to write a review on Spotify, but you can leave like a a star review one to five star, hopefully five, but you can leave a review with the the star system on Spotify on Apple podcasts. That's the one that really can make a difference with the podcast and getting seen and uh, getting great guests to come onto the show. So if you go to Apple podcasts and go to, the Craft Career podcast, you can go and leave your own review and, you know, share things that you are enjoying about the podcast or that you'd want to hear. And I love to start the show by reading those. So I'd love to have you be highlighted as one of your reviews on the podcast. So now let me jump in and I'm going to pull up my list of questions that I have on becoming a fabric designer. So just for you listeners, if you haven't gone back and listened to, or if you haven't listened to already, my episode on becoming a fabric designer. I go through my personal journey. It's more of my story, the emotions, the history of how I became a fabric designer. This episode is much more of the tangible nitty gritty checklist. Here are the things that you need to know logistically to design fabric. So I design fabric for Art Gallery Fabrics. It's a company that I love. They are, I'm super excited about this. They are starting to have their fabrics carried in Joann Fabrics. It's very interesting to see some of the comments in the quilting community about this, where people are frustrated that, oh no, this is the death of the small business, the small shop owners. Um, But as a company for Art Gallery, this is huge. Like To get into more homes, to get seen by more people, and to hear from Art Gallery they have known and they have seen that the more you're, let's say for me, for example, the more my fabric is seen by the average person. First of all, the more quilters we can bring into this community, get interested in fabric and learn who's this designer. What do, oh, a quilting. Hmm. Second of all, the more that this quilting fabric is seen again by the average person, not just the people who are in the niche and know where the local quilt shops are, or online quilt shops but are seen by an average person walking into Joanne's. The more of those people, it's going to be on the radar and they'll be like, Hmm, what is this fabric from art gallery fabrics? It's so cool. Where, where else can I find it? Do they have more? And then they're going to go online and search for more. And then they find those small online shops, the boutique shops. So it, uh, I do believe a rising tide lifts all boats. And so this is a net positive. I'm very excited to be teaming up with a company that is going to be carried in Joann Fabrics. Mine isn't yet. They only have a few collections that are being carried in Joannes. So my dream and my hope is that mine will be eventually carried in Joannes. And they don't change the quality. It's the exact same quality fabric that you would order from anywhere else, art galleries very particular about their quality. They will not lower it or change that. So it's really just awesome to be getting into the hands of more people who wouldn't have otherwise known about it. And then to also have those people be like, wait a minute, what is this? Where can I find more of it? And to go and buy more. So art gallery fabrics, that's who I design for. And part of the questions here are give more, I'll give more background to how I got into this, if you will. Again, the nitty gritty, not so much the emotional story side of it. So I'll just jump into the questions and it's not in a chronological order. I literally just wrote, I mean, it's not like, well, here's a natural progression. I just wrote down the questions in the order that they came in. So if we hop around a little bit, that's why. But number one, the question is, what is the timeline for making a collection? So again, remember, this is my experience. I know I've talked to um, other fabric designers and it's different for everyone. So I'll speak to myself and know that if you spoke to a different fabric designer, they might have a different answer for you. But for me, a timeline for making a collection. First of all, my first collection took years. Oh gosh, 2018 is when I took my first course on how to design fabric. I had been dabbling. I learned how to do Adobe, but it left me in tears because I saw what I was progressing. I'm like a square. I learned how to make a square. How am I going to be able to design this amazing fabric with my drawings when all I can do in Adobe is make a square? And so, yeah, 2018, I took my first course where I really was like, aha, this is how we do this. 2018 to 2022. That's when my first fabric collection came out like into the public. So 18, 19, 20, 20, 24 years. So timeline for my first collection was four years. Now there's a lot that goes into that and some more of these questions go over that. So your first collection is going to take longer because you have so much to figure out. You're probably figuring out your style, your, all of the things that we're going to go into. So that, that's that. My second collection probably, um, two months and that's all I've done so far. But I can see that the more that I'm creating, the more I'm really like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is me. This is my look, the easier it becomes, but it still takes work. So it's not like, Oh, I can whip that out in a day, you know? Uh, and I do all this kind of think, not always, but as I'm going throughout my day, if something comes up where, oh that'd make a really cool fabric collection theme, then I'll start to think about that. And oh, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but yes. Okay. So timeline for a collection, it varies. It varies on so many things, but that very first collection is probably going to take the longest because, because you're new and you're figuring everything out. Number two, What is the timeline or steps to becoming a fabric designer? Again, this is so all over the place. In fact, I had a friend who wanted to become a fabric designer and she is now. She has her first line coming out soon. I don't know if it's public, so I'm not going to announce that. But when it does, I'll be sure to share it with you guys because she's a friend and I'm really excited about it for her. But she asked me this, well, how did you sign with Art Gallery Fabrics? What was your story like? And it's so untraditional. It's, I had a relationship with them first. And then I, you know, started designing fabric. I showed it to Pat, the owner of art gallery. And she said, yeah, I'm interested. And then, but you got to work on your style. You got to have a look. It was a year later that she returned and was like, how's it coming? We'd love to see your stuff. So it was not traditional. It was not me like reaching out to some unknown company and pitching myself to someone that I didn't know, you know, it was very different. And she was like, well, this is so frustrating because everyone I've talked to, it's been that way. It's been very untraditional. So I guess I could say it's untraditional, which leads to other things I've mentioned before. If you get a chance to be in the room with someone like the owner of a fabric company or the art director of a fabric company, do it get to know them. Like those personal connections are so big. And if they know you and like you, and you have a good following, you've built a good brand, that's very attractive. But as to speak to what the timeline or steps to becoming a fabric designer timeline, I I just can't even give one because, but I'll speak to the steps. So steps, first of all, have the desire, which if you're listening to this, that's clearly there, the intrigue. Second of all, there's so many different ways that you could design fabric and things you could design it for. So I clearly design fabric for quilters. So that I can speak to. As to designing fabrics in other industries, I'm just not familiar. So I don't know. But So let's go down the road of being a fabric designer in the quilting industry. So have an interest. Second, I would definitely say quilt. Use fabrics as you are quilting and you're making things, you will naturally see, okay, or, or if you don't take note, what kind of fabrics do I use as far as colors? What kind of contrast do I have? Do I have darks, lights, low volumes? What do I like to use and get very familiar with it? If you make a quilt and you're like, I did not love these colors. like Take note of that. Why? Why didn't you like those colors? What do you, do you like to use geometric? What, what just get really familiar and comfortable with what you like. And then if there's something that you're like, man, there is a void and I cannot find this kind of fabric. Perfect. That could be something that you design and you create. So that's my second step is use fabric, get familiar with what looks good in a quilt. Cause sometimes people are really good at art And they're like, oh, I'd love to design fabric just to have one more thing on my resume. So I'd like to do it for the quilting world. But they have no idea the scale that works, you know, like really large or really small. They just don't get what works for a quilt. So make quilts. Use quilting fabric and get really familiar with what you like and what you wish you had more of. Then start creating. And... We'll talk about like how to do that in just a minute, but start creating designs that you would like to see on fabric. Then make a collection. It'd be ideal if you could make multiple collections so that when you do reach out to a company, you can show them multiple collections so they can get a feel for, okay, this person has a look rather than, oh, they made one, a one-hit wonder and the rest are going to be, wah, wah, you know, you want to prove that you actually have substance. It's not just surface level, what you've done and created. And then I guess that's kind of the next step is to reach out and send your work to different companies. And before that, I would look at those companies and really see, does my look fit here? What other designers do they have? Am I competing with other designers at this company? Um, So get familiar with where a good fit for you would be. And then question number three, is fabric, is, is it a saturated industry? Is it oversaturated? Is it hard to get into? So this is just like anything else in the business world. There are a, There's a lot of people who want to do it. And is it saturated? I mean, there's so much that goes into this. I know some people who like love the idea of designing fabric, but they don't want to because environmentally they don't feel good about producing more fabric in the world and creating uh, excess, you know? And then there are people who think, I just can't do this. There's too many people out there already doing it. If you don't know how I feel about this already, let me introduce you to my school of thought. There is always room for good quality work. So I liken it to someone who finds a great new restaurant that they like let's say you live in an area where there's a lot of restaurants and a new restaurant opens and it's amazing. Do you hear anybody complaining like unbelievable another restaurant? Oh no. They're like, Oh my gosh, this restaurant's amazing. You've got to go. Same with a good author. Is it saturated? The writing world? Absolutely. There's a lot of writers. However, when you find a brand new writer that's written a book that you absolutely love, are you like, oh my gosh, no, another good book? mm You share it with everyone. You're like, oh my gosh, I love this. You've got to check this book out. So it's the same with anything. I mean, fabric designer, quilt pattern designer, if you're good, if you're good, there's room for you. So then that becomes, how do I do this well? How, how am I good at this? Um, So is it saturated? I mean, it's as saturated as anything else. You know, saturated as workout clothing companies, as whatever, anything, dog food companies. I mean, you name it. There are people coming out with new things. More so now with social media, the barrier of entry is low. People can, you know, self-publish their own fabric. Um, So, yeah. So it comes to the whole branding creating a name for yourself, and being good, standing out. So there's room for you. Yes, there is room for good quality work, just like anything else. So number four, the question is, what programs do you use when drawing and making repeats? Absolutely, Adobe Illustrator for making repeats. So that is just hands down the industry standard. If you are going to make fabric, you have to know how to use Adobe Illustrator. As for drawing, you can do that. You can do that on paper and pencil, and scan it in. You can paint. You can use a Wacom tablet. I think some people say Wacom. I say Wacom. I have that. I have not used it very often, but that's a that you can. And then an iPad Pro. I do use the iPad Pro. Um, so those are the ways that I know. There, there. I'm sure there are others. Those are just the ones that I'm familiar with. And then question number five. When you make a collection, what is the ratio of florals versus geometric versus novelty prints? So it depends. I mean, there are some lines that come out that it's like a basic, where it's just, let's say, polka dots. All of the lines are polka dots. You generally don't do that till you kind of are established. Like you wouldn't come out the door as a brand new designer with a line of basics. Because that's it doesn't really you haven't built a name for yourself. People are like, wow, who cares? You know, like you have to kind of prove that you can make this cool line with a bunch of variety. And florals, florals sell the best. They just do. And so I've talked to, I mean, I've gone into fabric shops whenever I travel. And if there's a quilt shop in the area, I pop in and they're probably like, who, who, are you, what are you doing? Because I'm asking the weirdest questions. I'm like, so which fabrics sell the best here? Uh, why did you decide to order these fabrics? Or why did you decide to carry these quilt patterns? Have you heard of so-and-so? Would you ever carry them? I mean, I'm like Sherlock Holmes trying to figure out what's, what they're buying, why they're buying it, what's selling well. And hands down, floor, and I ask fabric companies that manufacture fabric, florals just sell well. So, and people are like, oh, not another floral. Well, they sell well. So yeah, another floral. Um, As far as in a collection, the ratio, I mean, whoever you design for, the company that you work for, design fabric for, they're going to work with you on your collection and say, we need some more geometrics or we need some more blenders um, or we need floor. You need a big novelty print. They'll work with you on that. Um, But I mean, as far as ratio, gosh, this is me off the top of my head, just thinking a couple of florals, a main novelty print. And that's something that's like unique. The main print, it's got a bigger print generally, um, might have like a background scene or I don't know, something, it might be floral, uh, but something that's like the main print. And then geometrics, I say geometrics and blenders, geometrics are, it's geometric, blenders is just like a low volume something that that can easily be like a background fabric or kind of be in the background a little bit so it's nice to have a good balance of all of them and then as far as I'm going to just throw this in there even though it's not officially a question on the list because I'm a quilter and I've made quilts I know that it's helpful to have different volumes of color. Is that the right term? I'm not like a color specialist, but it's good to have some dark fabrics that really pop a punch and then some lighter fabrics and some, I like to say low volume, but like blender so that you could make an entire quilt out of your collection. And if you look at a quilt, if there's nothing that really pops or like the color saturation is all the same, it can be a little bit boring And so it's good to have a variety of, I think, color saturation, you know, some that are lighter, some that are darker, Um, which does bring me to the next question. Number six, where do you look for color trends? So there is the trend Bible and it's a very fascinating thing. I don't know how they come up with what they come up with, but they do. They look at trends that are going to happen like two or three years from now. And they kind of tell you, here's what's going to be trending in 2024. So you can look there and see what colors are trending. You also work with the company that you are designing for. And they'll they'll help you with colors, at least Art Gallery does. And then I also just like to look at what I'm liking. You know, what 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 am I liking? I guess there's no better way to say it. What colors am I digging right now? I really want to use this, this, and this. So kind of go with what you like and what you use. But the color Bible or not color Bible, the trend Bible is a really great way to get inspiration for both what to put on your fabric, things that will be trending, you know, in a couple of years and colors that will be trending. But also, I mean, I say that you want to stay in your brand. So for me, I'm very earthy, muted. If I see, oh man, neon colors are trending in 2024, I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon because that's not on brand for me. And so you don't want to sell out to like what's on trend. Really, you want to be true to your brand. Brand over trends any day. So build a strong brand. And if you're wondering what does that even mean, there is a book I'm reading right now called Obsessed. And it's by Emily Hayward. And she talks a lot about branding and what that means, that it's not just like your logo and the colors that you use. She goes into a deep dive on what branding is. So if you're like stuck on that, I recommend that book. So number seven, what exercises can you do now to become a fabric designer? So really learning Adobe Illustrator, learning how to make repeat patterns, how to scan your photos in or draw on an iPad. And really figuring out what your look is, which takes practice. So just drawing, and I'm not going to say draw every day, because I know that's probably, it's not realistic for me, but I'll go in spurts where I'm like, okay, I'm going to draw. So draw and practice taking, and it's one thing to draw, it's, it is another to put that into a repeating pattern. And like, so gather fabrics that you like. And once you do a drawing that you like, Try and make a repeat pattern and look at that fabric that you've collected that you like and look what size are the images. How are they spaced apart? How? Let's see if I can imitate that with my own drawings. If I can size scale it to the same size, rotate it like this, and just kind of mess around with it. And if it doesn't look good, maybe grab another fabric that's a little bit different and take your drawing and try and rotate and resize it and until you find the look that you like, that you feel good about. So it's great to just practice with that. And then, as I mentioned, sew. Use fabric. See, you know, because you might have something that looks really good, but it's not going to be good for quilting fabric. So get familiar with what you like to use when you're sewing so that you can actually use it, like make a pattern and use that when you are sewing. Because it is super helpful for fabric companies, quilting fabric companies, to take you on if you quilt. If you can make a pattern, a quilt pattern with your fabric, it definitely helps to promote your fabric if you are able to do that. And then I love this question. How do I learn to draw? So (laughs) you don't have to be like Michelangelo or Picasso, although (laughs) I'd say I'm more like Picasso because it's very, whatever, abstract. Um, You don't have to be an amazing drawer to create fabric. I mean, some fabrics out there are very... No, I am I don't even want to say names because someone would be like, oh, that's, not, that's rude. And I mean it in the best way, but just abstract maybe, not typical artistic, not like, wow, look at that drawing. That's amazing. It's much more of like a geometric thing or very simple. So, I mean, learning to draw is just practice. So I have all of these drawing books. Draw one image a day and I'll sit down and draw something. I'll turn to a page and just practice drawing it. And at first it is imitation. I'm like, okay, I'm copying exactly how that looks in the drawing book. And then I'm like, okay, now let's close the book and try it on my own. Let's try like croissants. I'm trying to make a bicycle. Oh gosh, that was a tough one. Um, Vases. I'll, if I get like a magazine in the mail and I love this look on this page of an actual photo, I'll sit down and try and draw it. And so just practice, you know, pencil, paper, iPad, whatever that is. And then, yeah, how long did it take for me to become a fabric designer? I kind of shared that already. Um, What, four years? (laughs) Four years of drawing and dreaming. And finally, it came to be. Which maybe, for some people, they're like, that's nothing. I've been trying for 20. So who knows? For me, four years. Okay, I do love this question. How do you know when your collection is complete? So... When I first submitted a collection, it was with a different company that I'm not working with right now. And I just was so excited to have a collection done. I took the colors and the ideas from Joanna Gaines, like literally the colors that she had that year for, I don't know, Sherwin-Williams or something. And then I just did a bunch of like wreaths and things that were very Joanna Gaines because I was like, well, I like it and it's super on trend right now. So it's got to work. And, the comp- and I didn't love it. It just felt like, well, it should be popular. But I didn't love each design. In fact, I wish I could pull that up. I wonder if I still have it. I don't know that I loved any. There were maybe a couple that I was like, that one's really good. But some that I was like, well, it's just done because I needed to have so many designs. And I submitted it. And they were like, I mean, we're interested in having you. But this, it's got to look different. And that was all the direction I got. I was like, hmm, it's got to look different. What do I do with that? And I asked a friend who was a fabric designer, very successful fabric designer. Do you love every one of your prints that you submit? And she said, yeah, I do. I'm really proud of it. And I'm excited for it to come out. And I knew at that moment that I hadn't arrived because I did not love every print that I had submitted. I was submitting it more because I wanted to hurry and become a designer and have that, you know? And so that's when I kind of stepped away and was like, I don't know if this is for me. And it got to a point where it was really not as fun where I was just like, so focused on, I have to create because I want this. And I don't know, it, it was coming from the wrong place. And I lost that like fun factor. And I was like, well, I guess this isn't for me. I don't enjoy it the way I thought I would. It's not rewarding. Uh, and this person said, you need to be able to recognize your fabric from a mile away. And that freaked me out. I was like, "What? You, how? Because here I was like trying to look like Joanna Gaines. And it's hard to create your own look when you're copying. Not copying, because I want—I don't Well, I don't know. When I'm trying to like imitate, I guess it is trying to imitate Joanna Gaines and take her colors, you know? not that she has like a trademark on the colors or anything, but like I was trying to piggyback on her look and not my own. And it just wasn't truly me. It wasn't sustainable. Uh, All the things I was like, "Mm." and it wasn't until I talked to Pat at Art Gallery Fabrics and I told her, I don't know that it's for me. And I told her why. And she was like, what kind of fabrics would you like to create if you could? And I said, well, honestly, I'd love to do all small print and, which I haven't even done all of that. Like, but point, let me share the point. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do this. This is what I want. And she was like, what if I told you that you could design that, that you could design all the tiny little floral prints that you want, low volume. You don't have to have a big novelty print. Just what if I was like, really? Really? is that a thing? Like I thought there had to be a main print and you know, this formula that you had to follow. And she's like, "Mm -mm, you can do what you want. And that's when my fire lit up again. And I was like, wait a minute, I can do what I want. And the creative juices started flowing and I got excited about it. And I had been quilting long enough and making my own quilt patterns long enough that I really am at a place now where I feel like I understand my brand and my look For now, I'm sure it will continue to morph over time, but at least I feel like I know who I am. I'm no longer like, I need to be Joanna Gaines because she's popular and I know that that's going to do well. That's never how you want to approach it. And I even hear my students right now like, but what's the most popular thing? Like what patterns are selling the best and I'll make that. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You want to approach it way differently. You want to approach it with what you love And you don't want to care at all if someone's not going to like it because the people who do like it are, are your people. Like you want to create what you love, regardless of how popular it is, how many people like it, because it will be successful and you will find your people and, and it's uniquely you. And so it's the same with fabric design. You want to like really get comfortable with your look, what you love and create that. And so that was just like very liberating for me. And now all of a sudden, I love it. And now I've got ideas like, oh, it'd be fun to do this. Oh, I want to do this. And so that was like giving me permission to do what I wanted to do, which I'll be forever grateful for. So the next question, how do you get picked up by a fabric company? I kind of talked about that. It's, I mean, again, all I can do is speak to what I have known and what I've seen for myself and for others. It is by being in the room with someone like actually talking face to face, them seeing you and knowing you. I don't, I'm not saying that that has to be, but that is what I have seen. So I guarantee there's someone out there who did not know anyone at a company that they applied to or submitted their work to and they got picked up. But with that said, it is very attractive if you can stand on your own two feet and like you're not trying to get picked up by this company so they can grow your audience, that they will grow their audience because of you. And so if you have a good following, you've built a brand, you're recognized, you're liked, That is that brings a lot of value to you as a fabric designer. Companies want to sell that what their, you know, their products. So if they bring someone on who can help sell, that's attractive. They also, it's very valuable if you are a quilter, if you know how to write quilt patterns and you can have a pattern come out every time your fabric line comes out, that's also going to help sales. It will help get more fabric sold. It's also nice if you know how to take good photos and just have some good marketing skills under your belt. If you have a blog, that gets good traffic, that will be very valuable because you can go in and write a blog about your fabric and, you know, what the story behind it and why you designed this. So just all of these things, I mean, it really helps to have kind of a good business underneath you, you know, and so it's a piece of the pie. Creating fabric is a piece of the pie. And then one of the questions is what what's a typical income that a fabric designer earns? So to be honest, I have no idea. I have not gotten paid yet. Um, And I, so I can't really even speak to that. And I don't know what's typical. It's like so many other things in this industry. Well, in, in any industry, I'd venture to say, we don't talk about it a whole ton. I did just recently put out a survey. What does a typical quilt pattern designer earn? And I actually was going to release that on the podcast this week, but I'm trying to do a little bit more number analysis to share with you, but it's all over the place. I mean, it's going to depend on the size of audience you have, how well your sales are. So I guess I can get back to you on that down the road when I actually get a paycheck for the fabric that I've designed. But from what I've heard, it's less than what you think it's going to be. So it's probably not something where like, this is going to be my bread and butter This is how I'm going to support my family. It's going to be a piece of the pie. It's going to be part, you know, you want to diversify your income. It's going to be just a piece of the pie. But it definitely builds credibility. It definitely opens up doors to earn money in other ways that you wouldn't have been able to without it. So as to the exact number, TBD, (laughs) to be determined. Okay, question. Do I still draw every day? And do I draw something random every day? Like prompt books. Or do I mostly draw flowers because those sell well? So no, I don't draw every day. I usually draw as I'm getting into collection mode. Like, okay, I have a collection that's coming up in two months. So let me start drawing. And I usually think I have an idea of what I want my collection to be. And by usually, come on, I've done this two or three times now. So we'll see. I'll circle back down the road and see if it changes because it probably will. But I have an idea for a collection. Oh, I'd like it to be this. So what makes sense to go in this collection? Oh, drawings of this and this. And I start to draw them. And then I'll start to feel out like I don't have enough here. Or no, I'm not feeling it. This is not looking right. Or sometimes I'll draw something and it leads to, oh, this would be so cool if I tweaked it. And instead of doing a theme about this, I did a theme about this. And so no, I don't draw every day. Yes, I do use sketchbooks. Like I have um, quite a few sketchbooks that I use that are just like how to draw this, how to draw this. And so I go to those. I also do, especially with flowers, I like to buy my own flowers and take photos of them and then draw from my photos so that I know that that drawing is uniquely mine and I'm not like copying it from a drawing book. But the drawing book I use as a springboard to get ideas of like, let's try drawing this. Like I wanted to have a bicycle with a little flower thing in one of my collections it looked so bad. I was using a little sketchbook to draw a bike. I couldn't, I don't know. We'll see if down the road, you see a bike, you know, I will have arrived like, Oh, she figured it out. But no, that one had to, had to be scratched. Cause I was like, Nope, I can't even follow the book here and like go and take a picture of like a vintage bike that I'd want to use. Cause I can't even get down this basic like bicycle. So no. Mm -mm." but, um, yeah, so there we are with how much I draw. And then how do you develop your own style? Again, I kind of spoke to this and for me, for me, my own style developed out of designing quilt patterns. So I, I've, I've made some quilts where I'm like, that is not my fabric. Like for Quilters Candy, for Elizabeth Chapel, that's hideous fabric, but I used it because it looked so good in someone else's, you know, design world. It worked for their brand, it didn't work for mine. And so just hit and miss, try, let's get this fabric. Let's try that. I've really narrowed down what I like and what my brand is about. And so when I designed fabric, it was very easy for me to be like, oh, it's going to look feminine. It's going to look soft. It's going to have a hint of vintage. But like, um, I hate to say modern farmhouse because it's like so overused, but, um, anyhow, I know what it's, what my look is because I've quilted so long. And so I'm very familiar with the fabrics and the colors that I like. So yeah, there, I feel like that's how I've developed my own style. Now, the next question, my, is this person saying my drawing style does not match what I want to do. Any suggestions? Absolutely. Just keep practicing. And it's like, you know, like the bike thing. I haven't gotten that bike down yet, but honestly I threw in the towel because I was like, let's move on to something else because it took too long, but be a little determined, be a little bit like it's not there yet. It's like any little kid who starts to learn how to draw, they get frustrated because in their mind, they know what they want to draw, but their little hands don't have the muscle memory and the capability to execute that. So they draw and then they get frustrated because this drawing does not look like the thing in their mind. Well, that's just like us, you know? We have this thing that we know we want to create, but our hands can't get it out. And that, that is honestly, if you can even just do like, I know there's the 100 day thing, but even just do 30 days, 30 days in a row where you do one drawing a day. I started to do that and I came up with a whole collection from that. So there is power in those little small things every day. So I would suggest, and I would suggest with this, so doing those 30 days, just one drawing a day, Find photos of things that you want it to look like and start by copying and imitating. And I am not saying that once you draw and copy and imitate someone else's work, that that's what you submit. I am saying that you start there and you learn how to make your hand make this look, you know, how do I create this thing to look like that? Imitate. And even there's a book called, uh, what is It: steal? Like an artist by Austin Kleon. He talks about that, that every artist starts off by copying. I mean, they, you consume, you want to become obsessed with, like gather the things that you want to have your fabric look like and study it and copy it. And then once that happens where you're like, okay, I got this, then go out and find things in nature or out on your own, take photos of that. And you can start to draw from that. And then you can just, after that, you'll have the skill set to, you don't need to be copying. You know, you can come up with your own and you can mix and match things. Nothing under the sun is new. It's just a combination of all these things to make it unique, uniquely yours. So practice, copy. Yes, start off by copying. No, don't submit copying work for as your own. But use that as a learning tool. Use that as a starting point. And then the question is, do I need to use watercolors? No, you don't. You can use pencil, pen. Um, You can use watercolor. It is a little bit hard when you go into Adobe Illustrator to make watercolor have that same look. Because watercolor has so many. I mean, when you do submit a fabric design, I mean, it's like 18 colors max that you want to have. When you bring in a watercolor into Adobe Illustrator, it has like 18,000 colors. And so you're not going to keep that same watercolor look when you put it on fabric unless it's digitally printed. Um, so, no, you don't need these watercolors. Um, in fact, it presents a little bit of a artistic problem when you try to bring watercolors into fabric design. So there we are. Uh, how many collections in a year does a designer put out? So that depends. It depends what is in your contract. You can totally negotiate. You could, I mean, typically it's two, two per year. But some put out one a year. Uh, once you've been in it long enough, I mean, you could probably negotiate to one every two years, but you, you don't want to start off with that. So typically two a year. And then this next question, I'm just going to say I don't feel confident Going into this, if there is an interest to dive deeper from the listeners, I can bring on a specialist. But this question is, explain licensing. Is there a difference between licensing and signing with a fabric company? Is one more beneficial? I cannot speak to that. It seems like I get scared, like, oh, that's legal terms. And I don't want someone to be like, but Elizabeth said. Um, So I am not going to speak to licensing. I will say, generally speaking, Like when I signed with Art Gallery Fabrics, they have the right to those drawings to print on their fabric. However, I can take those same drawings and print them on other kinds of surfaces like wallpaper, notebooks, greeting cards, pencils, stickers, washi tape, t-shirts, socks, pants, bags, blah, 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 book covers. I mean, it could be anything. I can do that. That is okay. So, I just cannot print it on other fabric that's going to compete with art gallery fabrics. In fact, um, Stacy of Gingerbread is very good at speaking on how to take those designs that you've created and earn more money with it. And I know that I'm going to tackle that down the road. I, I'm not right now because I have a lot going on with like the Craft a Career Club and the Mastermind and all the things. But eventually, I know that I have money sitting on the table. Because I have these designs and I know that I can repurpose them and put them on other things. And so that's kind of, like I said, a piece of the pie. Once you've created these designs, you have a following, people like your designs and your fabric, then they usually are like, oh, it'd be fun to see it on this or that. So you can totally make money in other ways. So again, Stacey of Ginger Burr is a great teacher and guide on how to do that. And then the question is on like the self-publishing, you know, there's Spoonflower. I want to say paintbrush studios will also print fabric on demand and Spoonflower. And I believe Hawthorne do digital printing where like you can have that watercolor look and keep all of those colors that are true. Um, Most other fabrics are not that way. Like I said, it's like 18 colors that you want to have. But the question is, is this a good idea? Like, should people go that route? So I can't speak to this totally because I don't know a ton about it, but things that I would consider, I mean, yes, there's a market for it. It's, there's a lot of people. If you go to Spoonflower and you search up, I don't know, Boho floral fabric, there's a lot. So how one shows up at the top of the search, I have no idea. It seems like it would be a good idea if you have a good following and they're loyal buyers, then they would want your fabric. But if you're just doing this because you have an itch and you want to scratch it, you know, you just want to design fabric, you can totally do it, especially if you're doing it for yourself. Like, I just want to create this quilt and I want this fabric and it's not out there. Awesome. Go for it. But if you want to go that route to, like, earn good money... Unless you have a really loyal audience, I just don't see it being super lucrative. But if you're doing it just for the money, um, yeah, I don't know that I'd recommend it. But again, I cannot totally speak to that because I've not gone that route. But I just, as far as marketing goes, it's really nice to have a company who has a large following like Art Gallery Fabrics, and they are going to help promote and market for you. Or other companies who have reps who are going to go around to different stores and say, hey, here's this new fabric line. You should check it out. No one's going to be doing that for Spoonflower, you know. Um, So it's going to be a lot of self-promotion versus someone else helping promote for you. So, yeah. And then this last question, they'd be interested to hear from shop owners what sells the most. And, again, I am not a shop owner. But I can speak to having gone to different shops and asking and different fabric companies. And, you know, because people are like, well, what if there's not a lot of boy fabrics? What if I created a whole thing like just for boys? Very cool. Not saying that it's not going to work. It's just that most people who quilt are, I don't know if this is why, but most people who quilt are, are female and they tend to buy a lot of the floral feminine stuff. So I would love to see someone really just Come out swinging, coming out with all male fabric line that just does really well. Like I would love to see that because it just hasn't totally happened yet, which means there's a void there and it can be filled. Uh, but but it's hard sometimes to fight this uphill battle where like, well, this is just kind of what sells. So I don't I don't know that I have the answer for that. That's more of a marketing. I'm very very intrigued by it. And one thing to help make success is to find a niche or avoid. And so, so there is part of me that's like, maybe go for that niche. I don't know. I just don't know. But historically what sells well is florals, um, and feminine. So, you know, when people are like, Oh, there's just so many florals. Yeah, there are because they just keep on selling. And so there's nothing wrong with creating something that sells well, you know, it's smart business. But also, if someone can really come out with something unique that hasn't been out there before, where there's a void, there is potential there to be really awesome. So, those are the questions that I had on becoming a fabric designer. I hope that this was helpful and that those of you who are out there listening and thinking, I really want to design fabric, how do I do this? Especially if you want to be a fabric designer in the quilting world, quilt, make some quilts. And if you can, Write some quilt patterns, like start to grow your audience and let them know that you create quilt patterns and get your look out there so that people, when you do design fabric, it's like, oh, this is perfect. This fabric goes perfectly with her look and her brand. And you can just, it, it goes hand in hand. Those go very well together, designing fabric and making quilt patterns. And then it opens up the door for many more opportunities. You know, once you're a successful pattern writer and a fabric designer, all of a sudden people are intrigued and you can be a guest at guilds, you can teach, you can write a book, you can, you know, it opens the door for many more pieces of the pie to earn more uh, income. So that is my episode this week on the Craft a Career podcast. Again, if you are enjoying the podcast and finding it helpful, go ahead and leave a review and let me know. And thank you so much for being here on my birthday. I hope it's a wonderful day for you. And I will see you back here next Friday on the Craft to Career podcast. Have a wonderful week.